The most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. George Orwell Ms. Gloria, as a recently hired teacher at Lovelawn High School savored her first opportunity to make American history truthful and relevant to the struggling lives of her Southside Chicago students. So when she got the message at the beginning of the school year from the school principal that she needed to introduce a new social studies teaching curriculum for her 11th grade classes, understandably she became quite concerned. For this idealistic instructor would now be required to follow an executive order from the President of the United States that strict adherence to his Make America Great Again message should now be the primary emphasis of teaching pedagogy for all as social studies teachers in U.S. primary and secondary schools as a result. She would be advised to modify her yearly curriculum to spin more positive views of past American conflicts of race, ethnicity, gender, and religion. So Ms. Gloria wondered at first about how to modify her lesson plans accordingly. But how could she teach her upcoming Civil War unit without including the damaging effects of the Southern slave culture in 1861-1865? Or when it became time to present American involvement in other controversial events of interest, what sense would it have made to downplay the human tragedies experienced at the Cherokee Trail of Tears, Hiroshima nuclear bomb blast or the Vietnam My Lai massacre? In addition, Ms. Gloria fearfully pondered the prospect that such radical alterations to her history curriculum would most likely lead to classroom management chaos in the classroom. What could she do to pacify those students who wanted her to present relevant material about African slavery as a result of the Black Lives Matter protests in their neighborhoods? How might they react when their music videos and social media postings could now be censored in the classroom? To what extent as well could she ignore teaching alleged white racist incidents of the past when the president's angry personality escalated such interpersonal tensions daily? How physically and emotionally capable would she be to stop multiracial melees inside her classroom when she sold out her curriculum to the white establishment world? So as the year progressed, Ms. Gloria would find great difficulty in compromising her teaching methods for the sake of this false masquerade of presidential propaganda. It would therefore be no surprise that she would begin receiving daily reminders on the intercom from her principal to shape up and teach American history more as ordered in the Great America way. So as her self-respect as a teacher thus gradually began to wane, she would begin thinking of resignation in order to find a more positive line of work. One spring day as afternoon classes ended, a shooting took place on school grounds. Ms. Gloria soon heard that one of her best students, Ramon, had been been seriously injured by a stray bullet after mistakenly walking into the crossfire of a white versus black gang fight. As her anger about this racially fueled incident grew, while Ramon was fighting for his life in a local hospital, Ms. Gloria would now make a logical decision to move forward in pursuing a career change in the immediate future. For she would realize the futility of continuing to teach in an educational system that sugarcoated past events in history to falsely depict life as easier than it really was. Ms. Gloria's resignation from teaching at the end of the school year consequently could only be expected. Her passion for providing relevant and truthful solutions to her students' lives as a history teacher would now benefit her greatly as she worked double-time on her own to develop a popular podcast titled Gloria's Good Old Glory. As the marketing appeal of her podcast audience exploded within a year, she would follow this accomplishment with a successful, grassroots run for state representative in the U.S. Congress. Living her life now without past regret, Gloria's luck had finally improved in her own way. Would you like to know? Life doesn't happen to you. You can't just sit on a park bench and expect amazing things to whiz by on a conveyor belt. Life is what you put into it. Author Hollyborn. Ray sweated more than usual on this humid summer morning as he took his usual park bench spot attired informally in his bright yellow flowered shirt, blue jeans and Astros hat in downtown Houston. 
Normally, he'd be devoting his full attention to the dog park run or man-made lake nearby. But today he struggled to maintain his composure. He'd already faced layoff injustice in losing his manager job at Chevron Oil as the 2020 corona pandemic deepened. At the time, however, it seemed to Ray that this loss might render him a new opportunity to pursue his long-sought dream to become a freelance writer. Yet he fretted today about whether those long days punching out ideas on his Word documents had simply wasted his time. Ferre seemed desperate to share with anyone his first novel, a heartwarming drama centered around an adventurous Texas cowboy striving to reunite mistreated Mexican children along the U.S. border amid today's politically divided times. But where could he begin? Ray's attention now turned to the sturdy park bench that supported his tense body and stillness at this moment. He'd felt relieved then that he had found a quiet place to just rest and be himself for a change. It also seemed equally true to him that after rejuvenating himself on this park bench with a clearer state of mind, he should logically choose to rise from this idle seating spot and act more assertively in dealing with his current life's challenges. It's no surprise then that Ray considered drastic options now to address his literary disappointments. So as some passing runners waved at him as they passed by his usual park bench setting, he boldly seized the moment to act. Grabbing a tightly bundled copy of his latest novel manuscript from his backpack, he abruptly thrust the package into the dangling hands of one young runner who'd stopped to rest. Being stunned by this unusual behavior, he nevertheless waved an acknowledgement as Ray yelled out, Remember me. One month later as Ray sat in his usual park bench again fretting over his uncertain career prospects, a black Mercedes pulled up to a parking lot nearby. The driver, with a suave professional courtesy walked directly up to Ray and handed him an official letter. As the driver quickly departed the scene, Ray eagerly opened the letter and read the news that his writing career had suddenly blossomed. For a major publishing company had accepted his novel as written and was offering him a lucrative contract for future book sales. Ray reflected about taking the time some time ago, to attach to each of his manuscripts a selfie photo of himself sitting on this park bench attired in the same colorful outfit as today. For that brief park bench encounter with a running stranger that day turned out to be the influential publishing connection in the corporate publishing world that he so desperately needed. So if someone plops down on the seat next to you on your next park bench visit, consider donating a favorite book to them. For in sharing a literary work in this informal setting with someone who likes to read, good fortune might loom in the air for both of you from such park bench magic. In the photos below, notice some of my favorite sitting bench impressions at various locations from our travels. Lonely Woman Liverpool, England Distinguished Writer and Me South Coast, England Chinese Musical Magic San Francisco, California Cuddly Bear, Park City, Utah Homeless Man Brooding Times Square, New York City Wealthy Man Fights Corona Davy, Florida Impressionistic Art Elegance Paris, France Immigrant Tragedy San Francisco, California Gentleman Aristocrat, Asheville, North Carolina Tom Brady's Mental Edge, Miami, Florida. Afoot and Lighthearted I take to the open road, healthy, free, the world before me. The long brown path before me leading me wherever I choose. Henceforth, I ask not good fortune, I myself am good fortune. Walt Whitman? Let's face it. Many restless individuals have been waiting for the corona pandemic weakening to occur in order to fully experience again life's travel possibilities. Yes, I'm assuming that they've been successfully vaccinated and thus feel willing to resume exploring desired locations in those time-tested ways. I can also reason that they no longer fear massed crowds in sporting arenas or concerts halls and can walk calmly along a densely filled pedestrian street again. I can foresee as well their willingness to wear their mask only when situations dictated and perhaps hug a friend in need once more. Perhaps the media may at times still confuse them as well with politicized views on the health status of country or state they wish to visit. 
but I trust that they've mindfully disregarded those alarming statements to make the right travel call. Furthermore, I'm confident that they've also done their research about what actions they might need to take in order to receive clearance for crossing a designated border. Are you then such a travel-savvy person that I've previously described? It might be comforting to know then that Ruth and I represent two of those globetrotting addicted optimists who've been ready, willing and able to continuing road tripping in the past year under some most self-isolating conditions. So now knowing that our completed CDC vaccination cards are stowed safely in our possession, we naturally desire to adventure out again without excessive corona worry on our upcoming road trip this summer. We will reach out and find fresh opportunities to chat face-to-face with people as we stand again amongst crowds during our three four-day stays at some of our favorite city destinations. We'll broaden our options for places to stay by tapping into people-friendly proprietors of Airbnb rental housing more extensively as well. When summer heat or rain becomes a problem, we'll likely find greater confidence in being able to duck into a museum or eatery at will. In attending live events of scientific or historic interest, we'll have little qualms about volunteering our time in such social situations again when needed. So I invite you to feel the thrill of our latest road trip indulgence as you check out our planned activity list below for our upcoming July, early August journey. Refer to the numbered locations on the map corresponding with the descriptions below. Florida, 1, St. Petersburg crossing over the majestic Sunshine State Skyway, will settle into a small, pension-like motel nearby the historic downtown St. Petersburg waterfront. From there we can take a local trolley to attend an Indian-slash-Rays baseball game at Tropicana Field. Other touristic options for this visit will include the eclectic Salvador Dali Museum, and the relaxing beachside presence of Fort DeSoto State Park. 2. Lisburg, traveling northeast into more rural environs of north-central Florida, our first Airbnb waterfront cottage will offer us some interesting birdwatching-slash-wildlife sighting opportunities. A short distance away at Lake Griffin State Park, we also plan to rent a canoe or perhaps hop on a charter pontoon boat there. Georgia, 3, Cordell, will next absorb some southern hospitality and savor our romantic balcony view during our next extended hotel stay at Lake Blackshear Resort and Country Club. I'm also excited about taking a side trip to Plains for an authentic look at former President Jimmy Carter's birthplace home. Louisiana, 4, New Orleans, from our second Airbnb location, a bohemian-looking duplex in Uptown, we'll travel to the Bourbon Street Corridor and the World War II Museum complex by way of a nearby St. Charles Streetcar Line connection. If time permits, we LL also take a look at Frenchman Street for any eateries that offer some nighttime jazz entertainment. Texas, 5, Houston, our third Airbnb apartment in the Montrose District downtown provides excellent access to Minute Maid Park for an Indian-slash-Astros baseball game. On another day, we head south to the small Gulf Coast of Seabrook to check out day use, hiking opportunities around Clear Lake Park. Oklahoma, 6, Broken Bow, this picturesque setting lying along the westerly perimeter of the Ozark Mountains provides easy access to Beaver's Bend State Park. At Broken Bow Lake nearby, We'll explore on our own amid remote pine forest trails hoping to observe plentiful wildlife along the way. The original Choctaw Indian reservations in this area also arouses some curiosity as we hope to obtain an authentic feel for the surrounding tribal culture still remaining. Missouri, 7, Kansas City, from our fourth Airbnb condo south of downtown, we can easily reach our favorite KC restaurant, Jack Stacks, to savor the best barbecue rib meal of this trip. Exiting the cafe, We'll stroll through the nearby Power and Light District on foot, paying particular attention to Historic Union Station and the Hallmark Crown Center. On a second-day excursion east of the city to Independence, Missouri, we'll take a look at rare, western-themed artifacts housed in the National Frontier Trails Museum. 
after a restful day in our condo on our day of our KC leg, we'll travel in the evening to Kauffman Stadium to enjoy a White Sox-Royals game. Illinois, 8, Chicago, we've been fortunate to book our fifth air and be rental at a historic Victorian mansion in the Frank Lloyd Wright District of Oak Park, directly west of Chicago proper. From this ideal location we plan to utilize public rail routes by day to access lakefront tourist sites around Millennium Park such as Taste of Chicago and the famed Summer Concert Series. Our nighttime offerings for baseball at night via rail will include a Red-slash-Cubs game at Northside Wrigley Field and an Indian-slash-White Sox contest at Southside Guaranteed Rate Ballpark. Ohio, 9, Columbus, while I've often passed through Columbus by car, on the way to Cleveland, where I was born, Ohio's capital city entices me as a strong second-choice place for us to visit this summer. For I'm interested, most of all in immersing myself amid the stimulating campus feel of Ohio State University, north of downtown. Lying a bit further northwest of the city center, we also plan to spend a day at the renowned Columbus Zoo. Food options in Columbus seem centered in Germantown Village where we can indulge in some some tasty Bavarian cuisine specialties. Lodging accommodations here is yet undetermined. Maryland, 10, Washington D.C. Our final Airbnb apartment will take place in suburban Kensington, north of D.C. proper. For much of our time on this last stop of our road trip, we will prioritize visiting my family in the nearby Rockville vicinity in lieu of taking time for touristic fun. Yet I'm confident that D.C.'s efficient metro system will tempt us at some point to venture downtown for a repeat look at the time-honored monuments-slash-museums along the famed National Mall. To conclude our baseball portion of this road trip, we'll have a choice of a Nats-slash-Phillies day game at Nationals Ballpark or a Night Rays-slash-Orioles game further north in Baltimore at Camden Yard Stadium. Human nature cannot be studied in cities except at a disadvantage of village is the place. There you can know your man inside and out. Mark Twain. Some interesting discoveries have been made on this road trip as we visited several historic towns along the Mississippi River. Most recently, we obtained an authentic glimpse of mid-19th century America in Hannibal, Missouri, a former place of riverboats, trolley cars, and most notably the Mark Twain boyhood legacy for as a result of this two-day road trip stopover in this old-fashioned town of his youth, it excited my interest to return to that historic time and place where Twain grew up to develop his roots here as a genius writer, world adventurer, and visionary activist. Consider for example how his formative characters of Tom Sawyer, Becky Thatcher, Huckleberry Finn, or the slave man Jim from Twain's novels sparked great interest during a self-guided tour of the seven buildings comprising the Mark Twain Boyhood Home Museum. Envision in your imagination Twain's fearless urge to explore the world near and far on his own terms as we gaze down from those steep rocky overlooks at passing boats along the busy river channel of the Mississippi River. Or feel the activist spirit of Twain in our slow stroll through the old downtown Main Street wondering about what Twain might have done to overcome life's struggles in this town. Unquestionably then, Hannibal's hero of the past can inspire me to write the story of my own life. For I've got plenty of Mark Twain spirit myself to tell a good story, travel around, and master a formidable challenge. How about you? Do you see any insight in the photos below that might influence the direction of your own life? Hannibal in the mid-1800s Mark Twain returns to Hannibal in his later years The story of Mark Twain's life in Hannibal begins here Entrance to the Mark Twain Museum Complex The museum contains several authentic buildings to self-tour the main courtyard of the museum. 
There's an Earth Watch camera overlooking this vicinity. I enjoyed being Tom Sawyer's character from the White Picket Fence episode. A front view of Mark Twain's boyhood home, an iconic statue of Tom and Huck overlooks the town Hannibal downtown today. Hannibal downtown storefront today. Statue of Mark Twain on Mississippi River looking north on the Mississippi River. A riverboat replica in Mark Twain's times. Riverboat traffic today in Hannibal. Steep walk uphill for stunning view of the river. Mississippi River from above looking down on Hannibal from river cliffs. Mark Twain once lived temporarily in this drugstore noting his later connection with Ulysses S. Grant the Mark Twain trademark on this cafe. Mark Twain's literary influence in this town on display a prominent statue of Mark Twain reveals his larger-than-life status artist Norman Rockwell painted a series of canvases in Hannibal from Twain's novels. Human nature cannot be studied in cities except at a disadvantage a village is the place. There you can know your man inside and out. Mark Twain some interesting discoveries have been made on this road trip as we visited several historic towns along the Mississippi River. Most recently, we obtained an authentic glimpse of mid-19th century America in Hannibal, Missouri, a former place of riverboats, trolley cars, and most notably the Mark Twain boyhood legacy for as a result of this two-day road trip stopover in this old-fashioned town of his youth, it excited my interest to return to that historic time and place where Twain grew up to develop his roots here as a genius writer, world adventurer, and visionary activist. Consider for example how his formative characters of Tom Sawyer, Becky Thatcher, Huckleberry Finn, or the slave man Jim from Twain's novels sparked great interest during a self-guided tour of the seven buildings comprising the Mark Twain Boyhood Home Museum. Envision in your imagination Twain's fearless urge to explore the world near and far on his own terms as we gaze down from those steep rocky overlooks at passing boats along the busy river channel of the Mississippi River or feel the activist spirit of Twain in our slow stroll through the old downtown Main Street wondering about what Twain might have done to overcome life's struggles in this town. Unquestionably then, Hannibal's hero of the past can inspire me to write the story of my own life. For I've got plenty of Mark Twain spirit myself to tell a good story, travel around, and master a formidable challenge. How about you? Do you see any insight in the photos below that might influence the direction of your own life? Hannibal in the mid-1800s Mark Twain returns to Hannibal in his later years The story of Mark Twain's life in Hannibal begins here Entrance to the Mark Twain Museum Complex The museum contains several authentic buildings to self-tour the main courtyard of the museum. There's an Earth Watch camera overlooking this vicinity I enjoyed being Tom Sawyer's character from the White Picket Fence episode A front view of Mark Twain's boyhood home An iconic statue of Tom and Huck overlooks the town Hannibal downtown today Hannibal downtown storefront today statue of Mark Twain on Mississippi River looking north on the Mississippi River a riverboat replica in Mark Twain's times riverboat traffic today in Hannibal steep walk uphill for stunning view of the river Mississippi River from above looking down on Hannibal from river cliffs Mark Twain once lived temporarily in this drugstore noting his later connection with Ulysses S. Grant the Mark Twain trademark on this cafe. Mark Twain's literary influence in this town on display a prominent statue of Mark Twain reveals his larger-than-life status artist Norman Rockwell painted a series of canvases in Hannibal from Twain's novels. Human nature cannot be studied in cities except at a disadvantage a village is the place. There you can know your man inside and out. Mark Twain some interesting discoveries have been made on this road trip as we visited several historic towns along the Mississippi River. Most recently, we obtained an authentic glimpse of mid-19th century America in Hannibal, Missouri, a former place of riverboats, trolley cars, and most notably the Mark Twain boyhood legacy for as a result of this two-day road trip stopover in this old-fashioned town of his youth, it excited my interest to return to that historic time and place where Twain grew up to develop his roots here as a genius writer, world adventurer, and visionary activist. Consider for example how his formative characters of Tom Sawyer, Becky Thatcher, 
Huckleberry Finn, or the slave man Jim from Twain's novels sparked great interest during a self-guided tour of the seven buildings comprising the Mark Twain Boyhood Home Museum. Envision in your imagination Twain's fearless urge to explore the world near and far on his own terms as we gaze down from those steep rocky overlooks at passing boats along the busy river channel of the Mississippi River. Or feel the activist spirit of Twain in our slow stroll through the old downtown Main Street wondering about what Twain might have done to overcome life's struggles in this town. Unquestionably then, Hannibal's hero of the past can inspire me to write the story of my own life. For I've got plenty of Mark Twain spirit myself to tell a good story, travel around, and master a formidable challenge. How about you? Do you see any insight in the photos below that might influence the direction of your own life? Hannibal in the mid-1800s Mark Twain returns to Hannibal in his later years The story of Mark Twain's life in Hannibal begins here entrance to the Mark Twain Museum complex The museum contains several authentic buildings to self-tour the main courtyard of the museum. There's an Earth Watch camera overlooking this vicinity I enjoyed being Tom Sawyer's character from the White Picket Fence episode A front view of Mark Twain's boyhood home an iconic statue of Tom and Huck overlooks the town Hannibal downtown today Hannibal downtown storefront today statue of Mark Twain on Mississippi River looking north on the Mississippi River a riverboat replica in Mark Twain's times riverboat traffic today in Hannibal steep walk uphill for stunning view of the river Mississippi River from above looking down on Hannibal from river cliffs Mark Twain once lived temporarily in this drugstore noting his later connection with Ulysses S. Grant the Mark Twain trademark on this cafe. Mark Twain's literary influence in this town on display a prominent statue of Mark Twain reveals his larger-than-life status artist Norman Rockwell painted a series of canvases in Hannibal from Twain's novels.